0: This. this. Windsor. Windsor. Ascot. Ascot. Maidenhead. Maidenhead. Bracknell. Bracknell. Wokingham. Wokingham. Henley. Henley. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. tumble out a
1: bit and I stumble to the kitchen. for myself a cup of ambition and yawn. And try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts chopping With folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working
2: nine to five. Walking Hello and welcome to the, to the Business Source on River Radio with me, Fiona Johnson. What do you think of our name change? We're still talking business, still chatting with a dynamic mix of entrepreneurs and business owners. But now our new name will make it easier for you to find us when you search for us on your usual podcast channel. Why not drop us a message and let us know what you think of our new name? Either to me, direct in the studio at Fiona at River radio or through our social channels where you'll find us at River Radio Live. So that's at River Radio Live. And whilst you're there, don't forget to follow us, too. Today we are chatting to Felicity Edwards. She's Managing Director of Destination Basingstoke. Basingstoke is my hometown. And what you may not know is that us locals like to call it Amazing Stoke. And I have to say, I think Felicity has had a hand in making it sound like that amazing town. Hello, Felicity. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Fiona. That's an absolute pleasure. How's your week going so far? Well, it's
3: been pretty Busy to be honest with you. I've just come back from a holiday, so that's always uh, a, a, an interesting time, and suddenly realise that there's an awful lot going on and lots to do over the next few months, but uh, all exciting stuff.
2: Brilliant. That's why you are looking so well then. <laughs> um, so, um, you're not going to like this, but I read that Basingstoke is also known as Donut City. I don't know if you've heard of that. Well, it's something that's been talked about for a
3: long time, but I don't think there's many people that would really call it that (laughs) any longer, to be honest with you. I think it's a bit of a, um, a, 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 it's just something from the past, I think. I think every
2: town has lots of Roundabouts. I was going and to I say. I have, yep. I have to say, they're quite useful sometimes. <laughs> they are. So it's called Donut City, apparently, because it has so many roundabouts. But as you say, I think now that's the way lots of towns are going, isn't it? Um, so today we're going to discover how to enhance reputations. We're going to talk about how to make marketing budgets stretch, uh, particularly when you're a not-for-profit organisation. And we'll also be discussing communities, positive experiences, and culture. And best of all, we're hoping to change your perception from, hmm, Basingstoke, isn't that just off the M3 and full of roundabouts? To, I wish we had something like that in our area that supports businesses and communities in the same positive way. And then later in our show, we've got our quickfire round. Uh, That's our little quiz, which I'm going to put to Felicity. And of course, we'll be listening to Felicity's two favourite tracks. And if there are any questions you'd like to put to myself or Felicity, then do email in on Fiona at River.Radio or message us through our social channels at River Radio Live. So, Felicity, um, can you tell us a bit more about Destination Basingstoke and give us an overview of what it does? Well, Destination
3: Basingstoke is a not-for-profit, as you've already mentioned. It's a not-for-profit company and we're all about promoting Basingstoke. Clues in the name. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, and we do that through um, a whole range of big showcase events. So so rather than being a marketing organisation has loads of cash and spends it on billboards saying Basingstoke is best, what we do is we show people what a good place it is, what a good place it is to live, to work, to do business. And we do that through our big events and we hold some, some really quite important ones. Um, and over the next few months, we'll We'll have a, a few of them coming up. For example, we've got the, the Basingstoke Half Marathon, which we set up uh, about 12 years ago now. Uh, we have some business awards called the Inspired Business Awards. Uh, we uh, run some community awards as well. We've run things like the Hampshire Hogs Art Trail, all these sorts of things. So, uh, uh, And on the horizon is the Hampshire Oktoberfest, a big beer festival, oh, which, uh, <laughs> which is coming uh, surprisingly in september so uh, we're we're looking forward to all of those things but uh, and they're all run on a not-for-profit basis if only they did make a profit i have to say uh uh, and our income comes from a variety of sources mainly from we have some core sponsors but 60 percent of our income really comes from uh from those um events so either through sponsorship or or or
2: ticket sales okay and then how do you come up with all these ideas i mean that well you've just ra- mentioned a huge range of events from from half marathons to beer festivals and awards for sounds like covering you know, most of the community from the business to um, all sorts of other things um how how do you um how do you come up with these ideas well i think what we want to do is to touch every part of people's lives whether they live or work
3: or whatever connection they have with the town um uh, and so we're, we we've got the awards. Obviously, talk about the business community. We have community awards, which are about the the community more generally, and and local heroes are celebrated. And then, of course, we have uh, the beer festival, which is about having fun. Uh, so, so lot, <laughs> lots of stuff, uh, and we just keep our. our, our we come up with lots of our creative ideas every day. What we have to then do is try and make them pay for themselves in some way, and that's the big challenge. So, so whenever we come up with one of our wacky ideas, which we do in the office most days, sort of
2: brainstorming, <laughs> yes, <laughs>
3: um, we we have to say, well, hang on a minute, how can we make this actually work? Because we start from a zero budget. There's no, there's no nice chunky budget to say go out and develop some new projects Mm. it's we need to first of all we need to sell the idea to people that might want to sponsor it or find out you know market test it in some way so that we can make sure that it will cover its costs um and and that's that's the real challenge of a a small business as you know
2: so you've got to you've obviously come up with the idea so let's take the oktoberfest which is in September, September. <laughs> I just, just to keep it. you on your toes, yeah, actually, um, and that's a beer festival. Fantastic! You then have to find the venue, sell the tickets, find a sponsor. Do you do all the organising and everything yourselves as well?
3: Yes, we do. Uh, one on one. October Fest is slightly different, but yeah, most most of them we we are the organiser and you know i'm the one that's on the stage at the awards doing the comparing but i'm also the one that's in a yellow jacket picking up litter after the half marathon as are the rest of the team and we are a really small team we're just a team of three right um so we, we when we say we work in partnership we have to work in partnership because you can't do some of these big things by yourselves which is why our relationships with businesses are so important because they all contribute in different ways and it's not necessarily always money it's it's it's, it's helping us, um, with the support services that we need to yes,
2: and then when's the um, Basin State Half Marathon?
3: That's on the second of October, mm-hmm. um, and that we set up. Um god it's 12 years ago we Isn't had our really? 10th anniversary race last year because it was actually the 11th because of course the 10th we had, to do as a, <laughs> okay. we had to do as a virtual race which wasn't quite the same but nevertheless we still managed to celebrate it and uh, it's um that was something we started from absolute scratch you know it really was and plotting
2: uh, the route literally sort of going literally out with tape, deciding tape what tape the route, yeah. yeah
3: yes uh, deciding on the route to talking to the residents getting the road closures organized the you know everybody that you need to um all the practical stuff and then actually you know getting people involved and wanting to run it and and i have to say it's one of the things i'm most proud of in a way because it's whilst we organize it and do do the hard stuff actually the whole town seems to have taken it on board to be part of the the local calendar and i think if it wasn't there they'd they'd be pretty
2: disappointed to be honest because it's it's they feel it's their race the running clubs locally think of it as their race their home home yeah. race and the fact that it's been going for so long now you kind of expect it and as you say so you train towards it you plan it. the running clubs yes. know it's coming up that's a very nice legacy and have you got Have you got all your spaces filled not yet we're still over so <laughs>
3: please if anyone fancies a half marathon on the 2nd of october and there that does happen to be another big race on that day which is a bit unfortunate it's called the london marathon you might have heard of it um, <laughs> oh. they used to always do it in. You know, April but they've they decided to, to 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 nick our date they, the last two years which is um, you have pinched your date pinched That's not date. but we however, reckon we were there first so we're sticking with the first Sunday of October and uh, we're really looking forward to seeing lots of people there it's, it's it's kind of one of those races where it's it's not so big that it's overwhelming but it's mm-hmm. big enough to have all the facilities and all the stuff that you'd want it uh, want it to have but yeah yes. it's got a really friendly community atmosphere so and it goes out towards the south of the town Lovely. Um so a beautiful. beautiful countryside. Yep. Absolutely beautiful countryside. Um starts and finishes in the park. So it's it's just a lovely, nice lovely race. Fruit.
2: And obviously will appeal to different people than those that want to do the London Marathon, which is a full marathon. So likewise if you can't get your spot in the London Marathon, which is probably I well, I know it's very, very difficult to get a spot, come and do the Basin Stoke half marathon instead and Same. it's half
3: the distance so <laughs> exactly. half the training so you can get home
2: for your tea much earlier <laughs> or do it twice <laughs> exactly and, and I'm strange enough a couple of people have done that oh that's wonderful um and then tell us um because obviously we have a lot of people who run their own businesses who are going to be listening to the show tell us about the um inspire awards because they are particularly for business owners and businesses in the in the area and is it purely Basingstoke no it's
3: not they are North Hampshire Business Awards they're okay. called the Inspire Business Awards and they cover North Hampshire so that is local authority areas. The Rushmore area, which is really Farnborough, Aldershot, um, uh, Hart. So that's Hook and
2: uh, um, Fleet, yeah, etc. Yep, yep.
3: Basingstoke and Dean. So that, uh, and then out to um, Test Valley. So that right. also includes that Andover.
2: W- oh gosh, that's a huge. So, area. so it's a massive
3: yeah. area. Um, they're open to any kind of business, uh, large or small, any any sector. Um, and there's. 12 different categories and you're going to ask me to list them all I'm you? not going but to ask you please to, don't because no, I can't remember
2: oh no, that's off my head no, no, but there's a, there's a, there's a really a, like, unfair rest, test yeah. rest
3: assured there's a category that's suitable for any kind of business whether a new startup or you're a global business so long as you've got a base that's in that area um and it's free to enter oh
2: that's very good
3: yes free to enter and finalists will get uh, invites to the awards evening uh so it's 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 a really great uh, event, but mm. it's actually, I think entering the awards is quite a useful process for businesses to go through. Even if you don't get selected as a finalist, I think even just going through the process of answering a few questions, making, taking a, a step back from your business and thinking about your achievements and what you're aiming to do,
2: I think is actually quite a useful exercise. It's- it's a very useful exercise, isn't it? Because it is quite a process when you apply for awards. And I can see why people might go, oh, you know, not now, I haven't got time. But actually, it's really important to just press that pause button and take stock of where your business has got to, what you've achieved, or whether it's a particular member of staff or a particular campaign or a project. You know, I'm sure, as you say, you've got 12 different categories and and sort of acknowledge your team or whether it, it might be yourself, depending on how bis- big your business is. But take the time to sort of, give yourself gosh it sounds corny doesn't it a pat on the back but and and enjoy the process and put yourself forward because it's it's beneficial just to, as a reminder of what you've done but also the fact that you've entered an award as you said it does it doesn't matter if you don't get to the next stage however Obviously we all want to we're, we're competitive but that's you know fabulous recognition and it's great um, it's great for reputation building as well which is something we were talking about off air uh,
3: absolutely and I think you know if you become a finalist at the awards then you do get some extra profile it's giving you independent credibility and it's it 's all organized by business for business so mm. each category is sponsored by a, a local business and they're involved in the judging um, so it's it's kind of got <laughs> We're, we're proud of the fact that it's the businesses that are involved in making it work, uh, as well as obviously the entrants uh, and the fact that it's got that integrity, that it's not just, I mean, to be honest, we we entered some awards a few years. Ago. Yes. <laughs> and it felt like uh, it was a big London ceremony at the end. And it felt like everybody was a finalist and everybody got highly commended. And we got a letter afterwards saying, um, uh, if we wanted, we could pay for an, uh, a certificate. Mm. Uh, and that's not the way we work um it's about businesses being good
2: and recognized and being recognized
3: yeah. and being you know regional businesses uh, of their role in the area and their importance and so it's from from the business point of view it's a great profile building thing for them of course but from our point of view it's about really showcasing um north hampshire as a great place for businesses to thrive um and that's that's the that's yeah. the important message from our point of view
2: it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'd heard a little bit from other people about a lot of the business awards and not all of them at all. But some of them do say, actually, yes, yeah, if you'd like a certificate or if you'd like this, but basically you're sort of oh, you're 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 helping to fund the award, shall we say, mm. by. Um, and and it's unf- it's unfortunate because I think it is beginning to give awards a bit of a bad name. So it's wonderful to hear that there are still plenty of proper you know recognition awards out there which go to the the best in the category and you sit down and you judge them and and yeah. um and you have an awards dinner and they're there the and it's quite a-, a
3: rigorous process, to be mm. honest, because uh, there's a, a, a written entry, which is not not difficult to do. It's, I think it's a maximum of a thousand words. So, you know, it is quite restricted in that way. And there's that first round of judging and those that are selected as finalists actually get a visit from the judges and they come to your business and have a look around and uh, and you have a chance to present yourself to them. So, you know, that's, it's, it's, it, it, it works. And I think um, we certainly had the feedback that businesses feel that it's been a very fair and good judging process. Oh. That's very
2: good feedback. So if someone's interested in finding out more about the Inspire Awards, what's the best way for them to to look into it?
3: The website is the place to go, inspirebusinessawards.co.uk, but we're also on social media too, Twitter at... Inspired Business Awards and um, on Facebook too. Lovely, and okay. So, yeah.
2: and, the, and that's application process is going through now, is it?
3: Absolutely. We're open for entries now uh, until the 31st of October. So there's okay. a little bit of time, um, but there are a whole range of categories. So from small business of the year to employer, entrepreneur. So some of them are for individuals, something like entrepreneur, yeah. uh, but most of them are for the business as a whole. So new business. Uh, we've got a couple of new categories as well this year. Uh, we've got one called... Um, diversity and inclusion champion yep. so Wonderful. that's quite an interesting one um and we recently also brought in a well-being at work category as oh, well so i think reflecting yes. very much the sort of uh, you know current topics really yes um, and it's something we've noticed that businesses are very much more
2: interested in well-being
3: at work recruitment yes. retention being big issues Good.
2: And I was just thinking, I was a la- sort of daydreaming. I think, wouldn't it be wonderful if, you know, when you're chatting to one of your winners and you'll say, so how did you hear about the Inspire Awards? And you'll say, well, I was listening to the Business Source on River Radio and um, you opened my eyes to entering. And there's a story in that, isn't there? And then they go on and win. So yes, let allow, uh, indulge me in my daydream. <laughs> oh, and
3: fantastic. And I think the one thing I would say is that a lot of businesses say are, are quite modest or, they, as you said, they, they, they have, think they haven't got time to enter. Um, but actually, or they say, "Oh, I'm not good enough," or you know, mm. next year maybe. Uh, but I would just encourage them all to, to think to, to do it now because you have to be in it to win it, as they say. <laughs> and and uh, and I think you know, most businesses are perhaps uh, often a little bit modest, or they don't think they're quite good enough, or there's someone better. But um, you don't know who else is entering, do you? No. Uh, uh, and I say, you know,
2: use it as an opportunity. Brilliant. Well, good luck to all of you out there, and um, I look forward to hearing more about it. Now, let's turn to your sort of day-to-day job. Um, what would you say is the best part of your role?
3: Oh, well, the, uh, I'm very lucky in having a very varied role, to be honest. Uh, and, and I think it's it's, it's it's a plus and a minus, isn't mm. it? You know, in a small business that you do lots of different things. But I think the thing I enjoy most is actually talking to different businesses and getting a little insight into their world. Um, we talk to businesses, you know, when will a lot of our businesses are involved in sponsorship and all the rest of it. And it's just great to understand a little bit about their world
2: um, and just learn more. And, it's and, little uh, insights, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah,
3: absolutely. That's, that's um, my favourite bit.
2: Oh, that's good. And that's I think that's the other thing, isn't it? It's diverse. So no two days are the same. And so what's not to like about a job? That, well, that that's that sort of certainly appeals to me anyway. Um, the fact that every day can be different. But of course, if there's the best part of your job, can I ask what is the bit that you perhaps least like doing? And you've already mentioned litter picking, so you can't mention that. <laughs> I don't mind litter
3: picking. It has to be done. Yeah. No, um, I think it's when, it's it's the kind of struggle with, with finances, I guess, in mm. that we're a not-for-profit. Uh, and obviously there's been a lot of challenges over the last couple of years, particularly for a business that's involved in events. Yes. Um, and just a, the constant Feel that you could do more if you had more funding there um that that, that would make it ease, a little bit easier yeah uh, and that, that that is difficult but also it means that you do get quite inventive about the way you do things um uh, so so that has a positive in it yeah. too but yes it, it's, it's always difficult but any small business understands that
2: yeah absolutely and i mean obviously you're managing director you've got a team of three i think you said um so you, you've got to you're running the business you're managing the team as well there's there's a lot going on do you think there's a particular skill that you would say to anyone listening that they you know they're thinking oh I'm managing a team I'd like to be a business leader is there a particular skill that you would say is is one that you really need to hone to to get to that position? I think uh I don't know I never think of myself as a business leader (laughs) that sounds a bit
3: grand um (laughs) I I just do stuff um and I I think one of the things I've always thought to myself is that I don't ask people to do anything that I wouldn't be prepared to do myself.
2: That's really good advice. That's so true, isn't it? And that's the thing, isn't it? I know I put you on the spot, but actually that's a very good answer. And the fact that you're you're here today, sort of representing your business, not because you're managing director, but because you're passionate about it. And you you know, as you you're demonstrating it, you know, back to the litter p- picking, you're demonstrating that you're not going to ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Thank you very much, Felicity. So yes, we're talking to Felicity Edwards. She's Managing Director of Destination Basingstoke. We're going to head into her first track in a minute. But first, I'm just going to let you know that when we come back, we'll be playing our quick fire quiz. And we'll be finding out more about how Destination Basingstoke came about. Now your first track is Unstoppable by Sia, your first choice, one of your favourites. Would you like to tell us a bit more about it and why it's a particular favourite?
3: Well, this, uh, this song is one that um, we always used to play in the car when we were taking my daughters to athletics matches uh, because it seemed inspirational and motivational. And uh, we tried uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run, but it was, a bit, it, it was a bit miserable after a while. So this one seems to work. Um, and now my daughter is uh, in the States doing, doing her running. Uh, so now when she's got a race coming up, a competition coming up. I always text her the, the, some of the lyrics from this just oh. to, just to be motivational and, and try and be a That's, supportive mother, even though I can't be there. <laughs>
2: That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. It's supportive from afar <laughs> through music. I mean, music's the great sort of communicator, isn't it? And it's obviously it's obviously worked, which is fabulous. So she's doing <laughs> really well in the states now with athletics. So we've got an Unstoppable by Sia.
0: River Radio is here! Spread the word.
2: Hello and welcome back. You are listening to me, Fiona Johnson, on River Radio's The Business Source. Thank you for listening in today. Today we are joined by Felicity Edwards, Managing Director of not-for-profit organisation Destination Basingstoke. Don't forget, if you can't listen to the whole show now, you can listen again as a podcast. Just search for River Radio, the business source on our website, which is river.radio or through the River Radio app or through your usual podcast channels, such as Apple, Google, Spotify. That's just a few options. If you like what you hear on the business source, then please share our River Radio details with fellow business owners and friends so that they can also be entertained by our discussions too whilst, of course, still gaining business insights. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook too. And if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having today, drop me an email, Fiona at fiona.river.radio or get in touch through our social channels where you'll find us, at River Radio Live. Now we come to our little fun, and it is fun, <laughs> quick fire quiz, um, which is, I always say, it's the way of getting to know the person behind the business. So Felicity. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) Please don't be scared. It's not, it's not too, at least I hope it's not too taxing. So um, let's go. Do you prefer Marmite or peanut butter? That is really difficult because I love them both. Oh, good answer. I like that. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) So you can say, you can say both. You can say both. Yeah, definitely. I'll lay you off. Um, Are you a beer or a wine drinker?
3: Wine but. I quite like both, to be honest, on that one as well. <laughs>
2: oh, well, you have to with Oktoberfest, Oct- don't you? Yes, you can't walk in and ask <laughs> for a taste wine. You've <laughs> got to test it out. Oh my goodness, I bet those are big nights. Um, tea or coffee? Tea. Rugby or football? Rugby. Cats or dogs? Oh, Difficult. I have to say cats because I've got cats. Okay, well, that's fine. You could have both <laughs> and your poor dog's going to be going, hey, what about me? <laughs> um, are you a night owl or an Early bird. Early bird. Yes, you like to get up, get things done, get on with the day. There's a very, I have to say I'm much the same and I often feel quite smug when I've done lots of things when I'm like before everyone else has got up. It's just all in my head though. <laughs> Early mornings are, the, are a really
3: nice time. Once you're up. Yes. Oh, that, once you're up, that's, that's a good point they actually. They
2: actually quite a nice part of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, when you get time off from work, do you, and you go away, do you prefer a relaxing break or an adventure holiday?
3: Uh, a bit of both, really, but I'm very much an outdoor person. Mm-hmm. I, I love to go walking and cycling and stuff like that uh, and running. And so, yes, I, yeah. I, I, I like to head for the hills a little Keep
2: bit. Busy. Do you have a favourite place you like to go to?
3: Well, uh, I've got a bit of my heart's in mid Wales. Um, yeah. I, I live there for quite a while and you know, some of the mountains in Mid Wales, Cadaridris oh. and, um, North Wales, um, are, are, are real special
2: places. I was going me. to say, and if you just said you're outdoors, it all begins to fit together. This is why we do our quiz, you see, because we get to learn a little bit more about you. Um, and outside of work, do you have any hobbies or interests you'd like to tell us about?
3: Um, uh, well, I, well, I do like the running. Um, and that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of no, quite no
2: coincidence that three of the
3: staff out of three destination <laughs> bases don't like running. Um, so, yeah, that, that's certainly one thing. But, um, yeah, anything outside really, you know, gardening, I, I do, do,
2: I try to dabble at a little
3: bit of painting and drawing oh, yeah. and stuff but that's I'm nice not that good. But, yeah.
2: Yeah. but you don't need to be good I think no. it's a matter you know of actually getting on and doing it and yeah. trying these things and yeah. sort of it's good for your mind as well and switching yeah. off and and also yeah. just that sort of creativity it's nice to have a creative I like food as well in a big yes. way okay <laughs> no that yes I, I can relate to you on that one but also I'm just thinking you know the running the half marathon you're talking about does that mean you've taken part or are you very much there and you have to you're, as an organiser
3: uh, when I say I run it I run it in the other way Yeah, know to be honest I, I, I've never been able to run it in fact I did mm-hmm. in the year that we ran it as a virtual race yes and that was quite nice because I actually did run it and there was a lot of people that actually ran it at the same time because we you know, that did it actually on the on the right day and everything and it was nice to see some people actually see the course as it's supposed to be but but no usually I'm in a yellow jacket with a with a radio in my hand um <laughs> trying to trying to make sure that everybody else
2: is safe Yes, good. Well, that that's lovely for us, but not so, it's probably rather hard for you to sort of watch everyone thinking, oh, I'd like to be doing that. I do 13 miles, I'll tell you. They just might not be around the race course. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you, probably, you probably do a lot more, actually. Um, and finally, can you describe yourself in three words? Ooh. I'm going to say energetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I,
3: I work hard... Um, I'm not sure I play hard enough,
2: <laughs> um, and I try to be enthusiastic and passionate about things I believe in. I think you are. I think you are, and it's, it's interesting. You say you don't think you play hard enough. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you know we always talk about the work-life balance. Do you get it right? You'll never know. But it's sort of you, I don't know, whether whether you get to the end of the week or the end of the day. You've got to have some fun, haven't you? And some, and you have to also make work fun. I think to to get that balance
3: yeah it's very difficult when when you're you know the business the work is so much part of you because mm. it's you've been doing it for a long time and you it's kind of part of you and you've helped build it and you're in such a small team then I think it, it becomes quite personal so very difficult to dissociate from it but uh yeah I, you know
2: luckily I enjoy it good well you can go for a run switch off then can't you um and now we also always ask our guests to recommend a book or a podcast. Maybe it's something that's helped them through lockdown, it could be something related to their business and specialism, and sometimes it's just a book that resonates on a personal level, and it can often be really hard just to pick one, especially with so many genres around. But I guess, firstly, I suppose I should ask Felicity, do you actually like reading, and if so, do you prefer fact or fiction? Um,
3: I do read both. I do read, and I always read every night, actually, Mm. that's one of my... my, um out you know switch, switch off from off, a, yes. work and everything else things to do um i read novels and sometimes sometimes i just crave a little bit of trash but <laughs> most of the time i try and read something so, you, you know more interesting and uh yeah i'm reading a novel at the moment called the great circle which is really oh yes about, about hot
2: air balloons so uh, right?
3: it's it's about um a, a woman who was uh, flying during the sort of over the early 19th century mm. and uh it's, it's that's really interesting and just going across a whole yeah just really interesting and I recently as a non-fiction I recently read um, Tim Peake's Limitless his autobiography which yes. I'm not sure it's the best piece of literature I've ever read but I really uh, admired the way he has been he's so driven I've, I, you know it's unbelievable that he knew what he wanted to do from out the age of 10 really? and then he went out and did it and it's just phenomenal really and uh, lots of challenges along the way but you know quite an interesting person
2: yeah and did did that sort of inspiration rub off on you
3: I think it, I think I kind of almost envy that drive and just mm. focus on what you want to do. Whereas, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had that one single thing that I kind of want
2: to achieve. But yes. uh, it was
3: really quite interesting there.
2: Fascinating. Okay, so that's you would recommend then Tim Peake's autobiography, and that's Limitless. And presumably, you can get it in most bookstores. It's sure current, can. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, thank you very much. You've passed our test, yeah, thank there you goodness go. for that <laughs> it wasn't too challenging, was it um now let's just talk about a bit about your past as well. Tell us about your background as what well, you know where you started in business. Did you know what you always wanted to do when you started out? <laughs> I'm not going trying to work it out. Where, <laughs> I'm not going to say age ten, but when you when you were ready to to sort of hit the the career path, did you know what you wanted to do? Not really to be honest with you
3: um but I worked um In mid-Wales, I mentioned um, I worked for a development agency in mid-Wales back in the early 90s, um, and that was sort of economic development work in a public authority. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was always quite interesting, did all sorts of stuff. uh, And one of the things I was quite proud of there was a sustainable tourism project um, around the Red Kite, because at that time, Mm. Red Kite's were not anywhere but in mid Wales really and they were what? reintroduced a few years later uh, and we started off on a big um, uh, tourism project that was about you know we had farmers um, starting to feed red kites and bring people in um, building you know uh, viewing centers and things like that and that that was fantastic so was, that was uh, work with the RSPB with that which was a little bit unusual for a development agency working with the RSPB yes which was which was fantastic um, and then I moved to
2: Basingstoke and uh, brought to, the red kites with you, I think. Uh, like, yes, yeah, so <laughs> yeah.
3: you know, they fly over my house these yes. days. Um, uh, and I worked as town centre manager mm-hmm. in Basingstoke at a, quite a difficult time when they were redeveloping the town centre when before Festival Place was built. So, so that's that, quite new, isn't it, Festival Place? Festival Place, well, it was finished in 2002.
2: Yeah, OK. So it's now. Oh, longer than I realised. Yeah,
3: yes. yes. <laughs> so, you know, over 20 years old now. Um, but it was, um, yeah, That so that was quite... a again it was about talking to businesses and trying to help people through um then I took a little bit of time out uh, some maternity leave for my uh, when my children were born uh, and came back sort of into destination basically another it was almost like a reincarnation of the town centre work but much wider talking mm. about the, the area as a whole um and set up as a separate organization which um so yes um it's kind of kind of evolved my career plan really evolved, evolved. And, and being being planned. But um, I think what I'm doing now it it touches on lots of different things. It is a whole mixed bag of, you know, marketing and practical skills and operational and budget management and everything. So like any small business, really, you kind of got a lot of different hats. And I think that probably suits me quite well. I like to think of myself as a jack of all but
2: master of none. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't believe that at all. But it is interesting, isn't it? That whole you know when you You're sitting here now and you're going back through your business journey there's definitely a a clear to me as an outsider a clear path a direction that it followed so whilst it might seem sort of um a bit in wales a bit here a bit there but actually there's it's definitely there's been a flow and i think that's what a lot of people listening will will recognize even though they might have had different um careers or different roles but actually quite often if you dig beneath the surface there's definitely been one sort of one path or one theme that stuck with them um and now i'm just going to sort of talk about basing state a little bit because it's is it still considered a new town um, it was never
3: officially a new town it was it was it had a slightly different title which i can 't remember now but um it it was um, it was a, a London overflow town back mm. in the sort of sixties seventies um, but obviously it 's grown a huge amount since then and evolved an enormous amount and i 've always thought of it as a place that 's not afraid of change and uh, and now is actually a really vibrant town a growing town with some really really, really yeah. interesting businesses. Um, with a quite a diverse economy, um, but certainly the sort of tech sector is is really that's taken huge. off.
2: And that, that's lovely because that's something you can piggyback on and it works really well. You know, the connection, the network you have with all these wonderful businesses and the infrastructure and the investment and what you do with Destination and Stoke, that works really well. Um, but whilst it's not, so we said 60s, 70s, didn't we? So, I want to say that's new in my head, but it's
3: well. It's a town that's been there quite a long time. It's mentioned in the Doomsday Book. Is it really? It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, Jane Austen used to go there and dance. You know, it's not it's not a flash in the pan. This is this is a town that's been there a very long time. Um, market town, um, and yes, it, it grew a great deal in the sixties and seventies, and but it's continued to grow and develop and become, you know, a real business centre. I mean, it's got the obvious connections. You know, the yeah. um, road connections, rail connections. Good. You it's know, got very good all, connections, all of these things apart from today.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes. They're, they're, they're not strikes quite so good going on. <laughs> Sorry. But it's interesting that you mentioned Jane Austen because she's probably one of Hampshire's most famous residents. And I know that Destination Basingstoke was heavily involved with uh, um, the Sitting with Jane celebration, which was a few years ago. And it brought together, didn't it, the culture and the history. And it created a, a modern interpretation that I believe appealed to a really, really wide audience. And I think it it put Basingstoke on the map for a lot of people um, and perhaps it came out that you know, Basingstoke was a bit of an unsung hero. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the project, this sitting with Jane?
3: Yeah, I mean, this was back in 2017, which was um, the anniversary, one of the anniversaries of Jane Austen's death and Jane Austen actually was born and spent most of her life about seven miles from, from Basingstoke in the village of Steventon. Um, uh, Bath likes to, to claim her. <laughs> uh, I think she spent a, a year there or something like that, <laughs> went there on a holiday or something um and winchester of course um, she she did die in winchester and they they've got a body but oh. basingstoke uh and and her had her for, the, for the for the vast majority of her life and she did die when she was only 41 um and uh so when there was this big anniversary coming up the a whole load of organizations got together and wanted to celebrate uh, her life uh and we wanted to get involved but we wanted it to be something that was a little bit different um and a to appeal to a really wide range of people, not just people that were interested in, in, in Regency England. And uh, this is, was an art trail that we worked with, an organisation called Wild an Art, um, and we... we, we had 20-odd uh, book benches, which were mm. sculptures. It was an art sculpture trail and we got lots of different artists to paint them and then they were dotted around the, the borough um, for people to go and discover and uh, go on a trail. And uh, it was it was fantastic because the art was superb. It got people out and about exploring different parts of the, the, the borough and the town, uh, uh, learning a little bit about Jane Austen, but also just enjoying being out and enjoying the artwork. and And it really brought the community together and one of the fantastic things was just literally walking down the street as a, as a normal person overhearing people talking about how wonderful this was and that that was a really really fantastic um time um and we, we you know destination I was so proud of, of having done that and i think extending the reach mm. of what jane austen's all about um and and that was that and opening people's eyes to something um that perhaps a piece of history that they may not have been particularly familiar with particularly people that were outside of the area so visitors coming in to see it and being part of it you know american visitors that might do 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 the jane austen trail in the Mm. uk yeah um that might not necessarily have come to basing state
2: so we 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 helped a little bit with that, not alone of course lots of other activities going on at the time but Uh, that's i mean it's wonderful i was just thinking because not only are you um well, putting basingstoke on the map, which is one of your aims, but you're educating people and you've got the literary side, you've got the creative side, you've got the fact it's a trail, which makes it fun, which makes it suitable for families on in summer holidays. And you, you really in thinking through that campaign you had a lot of boxes to tick not just an educational piece or a literary piece absolutely Um, and the
3: businesses loved it too because obviously like everything we do it had to be funded mm. um because the trail itself was free so we um we we, we got businesses to sponsor each book bench which they enjoyed doing and um we we did something similar last year we 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 Uh, staged our Hampshire Hogs, which were um, life-size pigs that were around the town as well. Uh, And again, they were painted by local artists. And again, there was a a trail and and people love it. Uh, And what I love about that is the way it brought the artistic community together. And there's been lots of creative sort of projects since as well. They picked, uh, the council have picked up uh, using many of the artists we used um with their streets uh, a live project where they've been painting street furniture and things by artists and things like that so it's it's just been a kind of a bit of a springboard for other things That's as well brilliant. which is fantastic and i say the artists in Basingstoke state are so talented
2: well i've noticed the benches as i've been around and um, i think big planters as well That's right. um, and it's it just it makes it really vibrant and the fact that it changes as well and i think you said right early on in the show that basing state's not frightened of change um and it's wonderful to see these it just keeps it's like it's of keeps you on your toes and and what else can i see when i come in today and i certainly recall seeing these um hampshire hogs they were enormous um really really (laughs) brightly painted incredible and they would crop up in the most sort of bizarre of places um i think they're wonderful and and you said was it local artists painting them we we only had
3: um artists from hampshire that Mm. painted the hampshire hogs and um, most of them were actually from basingstoke itself as well um and such talent such talent
2: Wonderful. And can I ask, apart from the alliteration, which I'm struggling to say, Hampshire hogs, is there a connection with, with pigs in Hampshire?
3: Um, well, the the, the um, emblem of the county council is a, is a hog, uh, and there is such a thing as a Hampshire hog, although I think they kind of, and people do say that people from Hampshire are called Hampshire hogs. Oh, great. So there is a bit, it's a, it's, <laughs> yes. it's a little bit tenuous. We just like hogs, and we like the idea of pigs uh we thought they would appeal to lots of people yeah uh they were a bit of fun but um,
2: they yeah. certainly were and i know actually if you, if you want to um see some photographs of them i know you've got them on your website haven't you um which is the destination basing state website and so go and have a look and there's obviously all the details about the sitting with jane um campaign Same. as well wonderful well thank you very much for that and we're going to move on to your second track now which is um shotgun by george ezra um Is there is there any you're allowed to just like the song? Is there any reason I just like it? Really, (laughs) it's one of those ones that you have to sing along to. Yeah. Um. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the challenges that we face as business owners. Um. And that's not just um, us as business owners, but it's also you know ones that are particular to Felicity in running a not-for-profit organisation. But first, we're going to do a little bit of shotgun.
1: I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot I'm feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot I'm feeling like a someone. We got two in the front, two in the back, We're sailing along and we don't look back. Shot the hot feeling like will be right, feeling like song.
0: The voice. Of the Thames Valley. River Radio.
2: I think I like
1: it. Uh, you give one quick twitch and the thing is done.
2: Hello and welcome back. You were listening to one of Felicity Edwards from Destination Basingstoke's favourite tracks George, Ezra and Shotgun. And we're... we're bopping around in the studio. It's very difficult to sit still with a, with a track like that. Um, thank you for tuning in to me today. Um, I'm Fiona Johnson and this is River Radio's The Business Source. Hope you like our new business name. Um, today we're not only learning more about my hometown, that's Basingstoke, also known as Amazingstoke, but also discovering how civic culture and pride can work in harmony with local businesses. And don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen again via the website, which is river.radio, or via the River Radio app, and also as a podcast via the usual channels. Just ask Alexa for River Radio's The Business Source. Now we're going to come on to the section of our show where we discuss the various challenges that we all have as business owners people that work in business and obviously there's an awful lot of challenges there always are but I think uh, it feels like there's a few more at the moment Um, particularly as we come well I can say we're we're out of the pandemic but that brought a lot of changes for all of us not just on a personal level but particularly in business so one of the big questions I want to put for to Felicity um particularly for an event business and people in hospitality is kind of where where do we think the new normal will be how are we going to manage the events I and mean, you must have seen so many changes from you know how it was to, to nothing and then to getting back into where we are now um have you got any answers for us? Well, I think we all wish we knew exactly what the new normal was going to be. Mm. To be honest, I mean, obviously it's been a
3: really tough time uh, for all small businesses, but anyone in, that's working in events, um, especially so, because you know clearly you couldn't have events uh, to begin with, and then there's been this rather strange year or so where you could have events, but, but um, only with this but, number, but, 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 but they had to be smaller or different or restricted in some way. Um, and then there's then, then you get rid of all the restrictions, but it takes a little while for people to get used to going back to things again uh, and that 's I think the thing that we find most difficult in that we 're now able to do big events as we 've always done in the same format um but it 's just you know predicting your customers yes um what they 're going to do their behavior i think is 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 it, is, it will take time for people to to change, I mean, you, you see that, particularly with some of the races. I think mm. most uh, organisations put on a race, whether it's, you know, a, a running club or, or a big corporate, they, they've all found it quite tough to, to get people back to doing these things again. And, and, you know, what is the reason? Because COVID wise, I don't think people that are running a race are so worried about that it, but the behaviours seem to have changed and attitudes seem to have changed a little bit so it's just kind of understanding that and you know seeing where where's it going to go and what do we need to change to to make things continue
2: to work yeah so you're, you're putting on an event and let's just use the half marathon as an example it's outside it's a racing event you think there'll be people still interested in running and and maybe even more people mm. interested in running they might have taken it up during lockdown and what you're saying is trying to get that commitment and the interest from people um, it's just it's harder, it's slower to get them to commit, to get yeah. them to sign up. Um, you've obviously run an event. Did you, you you ran last year's, didn't you? So they we did, they, yeah. They had, it's, you know, yeah. it's not like you're trying to do this for the first time. Um, it's it's just a different climate out hmm. there, and I think we just got to kind of um,
3: see how we can adapt. Uh, I think people generally are making their minds up a lot later. Uh, there's so much uncertainty in the world at the moment that I think people are, you know, you know, it takes takes longer to make their mind up. Yeah. Uh, which makes it quite you know obviously much more difficult to predict um and and be ready for it and plan for it um, yes yeah. so it's uh yeah it's just a challenge which i don't think there's any answers i think it's just we've we've kind of just got to go with it um and learn from from it like you do every year with an event you mm. you know so you always adapt things slightly every every if you do the same event it's never quite the same because there's always something you learn and you change or there's been a yeah. challenge that you've not come across before um and and that's that's the way we're going. Yeah. So you know fantastic we're doing it and we're able to do it which is great and a lot of enthusiasm for
2: these things but it's definitely different. What would you say you mentioned challenges in events what would you say had been perhaps one of the biggest learnings that might have come about because of a challenge that you had when you were running an event?
3: Oh well I think you know it just things are always different every year a little bit and mm. you just you just pick up on different things and usually you then sort of make a massive accommodation to make sure that that doesn't happen again or whatever and, and then you find that oh, it's not actually an issue the next <laughs> year. Uh, it, 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 so, so you you know, it's quite difficult to, to predict. I mean, you know, everything from where you put your marshals on a half marathon, where's the best, where's the most oh. important place, yeah. you know, um, that kind of thing, which you just, just small things, but they make a big difference and I think that's the thing with events. Anyone that's involved in event management, will realize that the devil is very much in the detail yes um that getting the details right makes a massive difference to the customer experience to the safety to
2: every aspect of it yes Um, and and that's something that we we work very hard on thinking about absolutely because you know you mentioned marshals and you think well one year it might be well this is the the most tricky crossing or whatever it might be or the directions where where people got lost the year before or something i don't know and then you find that the following year it's a completely different place because the road systems changed or something i suppose yeah. as you say it's all in the detail isn't it it,
3: it is and it's just listening listening mm. uh to people and yeah you getting their feedback as well um for something like marshals they're all oh, volunteers we have over 50 marshals out there for for hours on, on our half marathon day uh, and most committed. of them have been doing it for several years they've not just done it, it as a flash in the pan and yeah. and i think they do Hopefully because they like it and they find it fairly straightforward and we we give them the preparation they need. But there's always things that will come up that might, uh, you know, something different happens that you're not expecting. So it's just being able to learn from all of those mistakes or even if they're not necessarily mistakes, they're just things that happen and you can't control and just learning how to adapt.
2: Yeah. And so, obviously, we've got sort of... Um, I it would suggest that people's attitudes are changing or just we're taking a while to get back into the swing of things. But have you seen other changes in attitude? I mean, I know you've talked about sponsorship. Is that, Has that changed yeah, I at mean, all?
3: We, um, Sponsorship-wise, we've found that actually businesses have been incredibly um, uh, supportive and some of our loyal sponsors have been absolutely fantastic. Um, but what I have noticed is that... Businesses that are starting to get involved with us are more interested in some of the um, ways they can get their staff involved in things. Um, so, for example, okay. you know, by offering them some free places for the half marathon that actually, you know, or or, or, or the Oktoberfest, perhaps even more important. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, they they love those sorts of things because they are ways they can get their staff involved, um, whether it's, you know, with a half marathon where it's when they're actually running it or whether it's, you know, maybe helping with some marshalling or whatever. I mean, we, and over the years, it's something that we've noticed with businesses that s- some business will get involved because they want to have their name in lights. Um, some will do it because they just really want to do something important uh, they feel they're part of the community. Mm-hmm. They want to be seen to be doing something in the community and be associated something good uh, and positive, which obviously is what we hopefully do yes. in faithful. Um, but uh, but others are what we've noticed now is a little bit more of a trend to being in, being evolved because it's a way of engaging with their staff and uh, helping with the their well-being recruitment retention as we know are just yeah. such important issues at the moment that i think by giving something you know getting involved in something like this is, is a way of demonstrating that they are
2: part of a community and you know, supportive to the staff in different ways. I mean, it's definitely something that one can see, isn't it? The whole—I yeah. think you're right. The word "community" has so much, has many meanings now. But particularly in, in business, and it's interesting that you said that there's now a new award at the Inspire Business Awards for for well-being in the in the workplace. And um, I think businesses are all much more aware and it's mm. horrible to say since the pandemic you know this new mm. this new normal all these old sort of cliches that we're rolling out but there's definitely been a shift and that's interesting that it's filtering through to something like sponsorship as well where businesses are saying you know, we want to do this and we want to be part of the community and actually rather, you know actively get involved mm. as a as a team as a as a business yeah, they're, they're, yeah they seem to value that um, higher than perhaps that perhaps they used to um mm.
3: and i find that quite interesting yeah. um yeah that that slight change of uh, and i think some of these things are probably coming anyway but i think you know the, the pandemic has kind of speeded things it's up accelerated a bit. everything we, we,
2: yeah. we know how it has with all sorts of different things that it's yeah. changed and i think everyone was saying technology um it, we you know i think we yeah. we gained five years or something in technology but it's not just the, te- the technical side it's that whole personal piece as well and the workforce um wonderful and what what does the future hold for um destination Basingstoke?
3: well i hope we've got lots of uh, new projects on the on, on the back burner that we're hoping to bring out we'll we'll be making sure our events continue to happen and we'll be really working with the local business community and getting them involved even more uh and just can't wait to to keep going um and make things Fun on Basingstoke, yes. making, you know, make, being part of it, being a, a vibrant, happy place. Uh, and I think our events do are a big contribution to that. And um, we hope that that will continue uh, and, you know, look forward to working yeah. with all of the businesses out there.
2: I'm just thinking on um, the, I love this, Oktoberfest in September, which is obviously a beer festival. Um, I'm just curious, how many days does it run for? Two days. Oh, okay. 16th and 17th of September. Some and great book group booking deals to
3: be had at the minute which... <laughs> but i was going to say i mean people must travel quite far for that yeah i know it, it, it we get, we get lots of local people that, that obviously like it it's, it's live music Brilliant. all weekend as well um, it's a whole range we work with camera to get the good real ales there yep. but there's also wine and gin and prosecco and stuff there as well so if you're not into the, into real ale you can still come along and as i say live music lots of local bands lots
2: lots to do fantastic but weekend bag, you know but that's fantastic. really fun and dare i ask do you know how much beer is consumed over those two days well i've, I've got to try and work it out because we've
3: got to order the beer next week you know it makes it you know obviously real ale you have mm. to order a little bit in advance because it's um made to order more or less yes and it has to sit as well doesn't it does it? yeah yes, yeah Not yeah, so maybe
2: not as long as a couple yeah, of months no, but no. <laughs> um goodness me so that's um that's quite a guess, isn't it? Get your get your well, calculator out. fairly <laughs>
3: informed guess. But uh, but yes,
2: um, obviously, it's really important. as part of the planning of
3: the event and making it making it all work and making it sure it's a, a good event for everybody that's there.
2: Wonderful. Um so we're heading towards the end of the show now and so that just leaves me time to ask Felicity if someone wants to find out more about Destination Basingstoke and um, whether it's to enter the awards or to find out more about sponsorship or to attend one of your events. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, the probably the best way is through the website which is destinationbasingstoke.co.uk.
3: From there you can find out about all of these different things we talked about the Oktoberfest, um the Inspire Business Awards uh, and the half marathon. So that's probably the best Single point of contact, but we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, and we're on Twitter. Um, on Twitter, we're at, at Basingstoke. So that's nice and easy to so remember So Twitter's
2: at Basingstoke, and then Facebook and Instagram are they at Destination Basingstoke? Yes. Wonderful. So that's it. You've got the website, you've got all the social channels, and whilst you're looking Destination Basingstoke up, don't forget to also check out River Radio Live as well and follow us too. Thank you so much, Felicity Edwards. She's Managing Director of Destination Basingstoke. Thank you for joining me in the studio today. You are a great asset to the town of Basingstoke. I love listening to what you're doing. I'm I'm local, as I mentioned earlier, and I've learned a lot about not just the town, but all the good works you do, the events you hold, and there is so much going on. So if you're listening in, do do check them out and do come and attend some of the shows. Sophie is back next week with another exciting guest who'll be sharing their business know-how with you. And don't forget, if there's a particular topic or a person you'd like to see interviewed on The Business Source, why not drop me an email? Um, that's, you can drop me an email, which is Fiona at River.radio or Sophie. Um, that's Sophie, my co-host, Sophie at River.radio. We'd love to hear your views and um, to discuss more topics. And don't forget, if you've just tuned in and picked up the end of the show and you want to listen right from the beginning, don't panic. You can find us on Catch Up on your usual podcast channels. Um, just search River Radio, the business source. Um, thank you so much, Felicity, for coming in today. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us. It's been fantastic. Um, and thank you for, for joining us. Um, goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week.
1: Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets
0: The traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job for nine Bye